0: All right, and we're recording. Hey, Andy, how you doing today, man?
1: You know, I'm doing good. Um, just sitting here trying to survive this snow and ice we got over the last couple of days. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Getting hyped up for the Bengals in the Super Bowl next weekend, watching the Pro Bowl this weekend.
0: Yeah, so uh, honestly, I think, honestly, it's funny, there's a couple reasons that we're, we're here doing this right now, This recording this podcast. I think you're partially to blame, I'm partially to blame, um, but I'm really excited about it. I mean, everyone probably, you know, some of our listeners probably know that I was doing podcasting for a while, and that was like a big, you know, part of what I was, you know, career-wise, what I was doing for a couple of years. And uh, we've been doing podcasting on the side a little bit. We both have, um, you know, you know, I would say pretty pretty good careers, and, and we're yeah. you know, we're just kind of doing the podcasting <laughs> on the side for for fun, and yeah. um, side gig, hoping it turns out. Yeah, well, we're loving the still discussions, and I think that. But on, it, honestly, I love Distilled Discussions, and I'm a big fan of it. And um, this recording will probably post on all the podcasts that we have available to us right now, which I think is three still. Yeah. But in, including, we could post this on, I mean, we're going to be drinking some whiskey. So we could Gotta post it. on least post still discussions. discussions. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a big fan of the podcast. It just doesn't quite get the juices going for me the way I would like. Um, and I really miss the long form podcasting stuff that stuff. we used to do for, like, We've Heard Both Ways or. Um, really that really we've heard of both ways more than the John Prophet show because the John Prophet yeah. show is more like a news opinion show where it's like I'm talking about the current events and politics where I really with we've heard of both ways we would just talk about whatever I think that show did get a little more political than I wanted it to. I'm um, looking back on it, but hindsight's 2020. But then, you know, we've been doing distilled discussions, and then you mentioned the uh, the other day or a couple weeks ago, which I, I you apparently don't remember mentioning. <laughs> but you discussed a, a like a Joe Rogan style podcast, uh, and I really that was something that really intrigued me.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I think it would be cool. I think, you know, I know early on when we were starting distilled discussions, we had thought about, hey, like let's bring on. If we can get you know distillers and stuff on, or you know if we venture into beer brewers, all that stuff, you know people like that on, just to kind of talk about what they do, like a longer form podcast or something like that, right? Um, or even just bring on you know just random people that we know to just shoot the shit, basically yeah. <laughs> talk about whatever. Like have a whiskey of the episode or whatever that we want to have on it to just drink and everything. But um,
0: yeah, absolutely. And I and I miss the. Um like podcasting is something that I actually really I have a lot of passion for and it's something I really like to do Um, I haven't been able to really make money at it to this point you know just because of expenses and and things like that Um, and just just not the ability haven't had the ability to really take off yet Um, but it's something I really love and I just I think I'm really hoping to set my. I just, even if I can't make money from it, it's something I I see myself doing long term, like maybe like post, you know, like retirement, um, doing a lot of podcasting, things like that. But I don't really want to wait that long because, I mean, I'm 30, so who knows how long that's going to take.
1: (laughs) It's going to be at least, uh, you know, what, 30, 35 years before you can start claiming social security with that <laughs> <laughs> Right.
0: So, but that's, I, but I want to be that's able to time do time. some podcasting as well. So then when you mention, you know, I just, I, I like having interesting conversations. I like talking to interesting people. And I, whether it's a, a brewer or a distiller or um, someone who owns a bar or a liquor store or, you know, a scientist, a doctor, whoever it is, you know, someone who runs some a gym. To to someone. Like someone yeah. who can have interesting conversations with, I think is. That's ultimately the goal yeah. that you mentioned. And when you, of course, Joe Rogan is the um almost like the pinnacle of it because he's yeah. the, by far the most popular podcast I, in the all world.
1: It. I think he's, yeah, in terms of just kind of those long form just conversations bringing anyone on. I think he is outside of obviously like a very angled approach, say news approach or yeah. opinions approach or whatever. Like he is, you know, the pinnacle for that. Absolutely. Um, definitely. I think. Still, the most viewed pod or listened to podcast, right? Yeah, absolutely. He's. I think they're saying something
0: to like eleven million an episode. But if you look at a monthly basis, he's getting probably hundred million downloads a month. Yeah, huge. And and they always. And it's something that's been coming up a lot on his show recently. And he talks because everyone who gets in there, they want to ask. It's like, how are you handling this? How are you dealing with this? What is it like? He's basically just like I have to block it all out. I just have to do me, essentially, is what he's saying. And he has to just. I and mean, the reason he's successful is because who he is, and he really just wants to have interesting conversations with interesting people. And yeah. I think if you and, and you're not and, and he's not, he started the podcast with that in mind. And it really, well, he really yeah. started the podcast just wanted to to talk shit with his friends, kind of like me and you are or, yeah. or trying to do today. Um, I miss just sitting down, throwing on it, and turn on a microphone, drinking some whiskey, and, and shooting the shit. Um, with my friends and and that's and that's what we used to do with we've heard it both ways and i really miss doing that and then you mentioned that yeah the joe rogan style podcast so it really kind of brought it all back and i've really been missing and craving that lately so i'm like screw it let's just throw let's just throw just the mics throw on up. and record and see what's going on yeah. with each other and uh but that's something i really i, I want to do as well like i want to talk to i want to talk to interesting people i want to have those interesting conversations and record them and and I think one of the reasons Joe Rogan was took, he did he did take off and was so popular is because he's he's funny and, and just wanted to shoot shit with his friends, but he's also very curious and he just he, he wants to answer questions and get things figured yeah. out and stuff like that. And I think I mean, I'm very, it, yeah. I think you and I are both very similar in that respect. And
1: yeah, I mean, of course he had his fame beforehand, yeah, you know, of course, Bagger, which, which is extremely stuff, helpful, right? Yeah, I mean that helps get the brand up, comedian. But, you know, it's good that he, uh, you know, did yeah let's both try this one first. Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, we can do that one first.
0: Give me a glass real quick. Oh, yeah.
1: So, I mean, I'm just... Pour me a bit less than that. I don't know that I can... I got you. Do that
0: much right now. Yeah, that's good. No worries. I'm not trying... I'm not here. No peer pressure. I'm not trying to get you to drink more than you want.
1: You forget I still got to drive home. That's right. So, have you been following the Joe Rogan controversy at all? Kind of. I mean... I know, like at a high level, I know enough about kind of what's going on with it. Yeah, I mean, part of it is, and I will say something. I heard was actually a video I was watching earlier today. Uh, John Stewart kind of came to his defense, yeah, saying I saw like that. he 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 wants to learn. I don't think it's always his intent to like provide that misinformation or stuff like that. And things can change. Um, but I mean, I mean, my my viewpoint on it is like, I don't know, like. You screwed up considering you got a $100 million deal. Like, you kind of have to sit here. Once you're that big, you do, I think, have to bear some level of responsibility, like vetting who you're bringing on, the information, everything like that. Yeah. Uh, once you're that famous, bringing in that much money for yourself and, you know, even Spotify, I'm assuming Spotify at least, um, bringing in that much money. Oh, yeah, viewers they're making and everything.
0: They're backing brink trucks up because of Joe Rogan. Yeah. But, but that's what kind of. Um, that's kind of what gets to me a little bit when it comes to the criticism of Joe Rogan. The people he the, there's like two basically two doctors that they're complaining about uh, who he brought on. One of the doctors is the most published uh, physician in his field, and uh, like it's like five like thousands and thousands of publications, uh, you know, of uh, studies that have been published in, in journals. And then the other yeah. guy is one of the he's basically one of the top people who essentially created the technology for mRNA. Um, vaccines, or you know, really gene therapies, which is essentially what multiple of the COVID vaccines are. They're At least the
1: ones in the US are, yeah. Yeah,
0: there's one. one is, I don't know if it's the Pfizer one. There's one that's not a gene therapy, and then there's like I, two that are basically. I, I, I'm pretty sure the or no well, the J and J one. I think the
1: was, uh. the J and J one. I don't remember if that's just a normal vaccine. I think it, I'm pretty but, sure
0: that's the one that's a normal vaccine.
1: But yeah, but the Pfizer and Moderna ones are both MRNAs, right? So
0: you, so you might not like what those physicians said, and maybe what even what they said is not uh, factually accurate. I, I don't know. I'm not here to, to say what, you know whether what they said or, is accurate or not. Neither of us as doctors, like right. I can't
1: push back on the actual medical credibility of it.
0: I mean, I don't think you have to be a doctor to criticize them, but I, I'm just I'm someone who's not going to say whether they were yeah. right or wrong just because I haven't looked into it enough. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that they are certainly credible people. Um, they're, these aren't, like, loon bags who, who are just nobodies. Like, these are very, you know, a guy who basically created mRNA uh, gene therapies and then a guy who's extremely, like, the most published, um, like, cardiologist of, of all time. I mean, you might not like what they're saying, and maybe what they're saying is not even accurate, but I don't think he needs to do a better job vetting the, the people he's bringing on. I think those are great guests. My other thing is don't – you shouldn't try to be – I'm very pro uh, First Amendment and free speech. I think people should be saying what they – I think people should be allowed to say you know almost anything they want um, at the same time I don't think you should be censoring them because if someone's saying something that's not true then or someone's saying something that's crazy or inaccurate then I think the solution to that as Joe Rogan believes as well is to have someone else come on and, and, and basically disprove what they're saying yeah. so if someone's saying something that's bad or inaccurate bring someone else on to basically also set the record straight set the record straight you know I mean um, I don't want to silence someone who I disagree with I don't want them silencing me Good speech. If there's bad speech, I think instead of censoring them, good speech on top of that is what's going to really bring the country together and and make sure we're we're all actually getting the information we need to be to be safe and secure and all that. Yeah. I mean, do do you think that that's?
1: I mean, I have no I have no problem with saying sitting here and saying you know free speech argument to saying well bring more opinion to the table, but you know to some extent. I mean, at what point? You know, well, at what point with the whole free speech stuff do you sit here and say, well, you're just allowing more people, like more voices to just say things, regardless of if it's actually true? Well, what's wrong with saying things, if, if it's not true? I-, I mean, while you could be giving. If, if someone
0: says something that's not true, then just say, oh, actually, that's not true. Here's why. Like, you don't need to silence that. You don't need to censor that person. That's not going to. Well, convince anyone that's just going to
1: well but the first amendment argument really only applies to the government censoring people it doesn't apply to you know private business things like that i mean i'm, I'm oh, not yeah, against, i'm not against sitting here and saying well you need to really look at the whole picture when it comes to deciding that type of stuff but um you know looking at it i think you do need to sit there and say well if i'll and i'll use tiktok um a whole bunch of these TikTok influencers in the finance space hmm. as another good example or analogy to this. Um y- You know, just because they might have an idea that worked for them that made them thousands of dollars or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, you know, helped build them build their wealth right. in a very short amount of time it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to work for you. Right. You know. But that, those I'm sure those people on TikTok who are in the financial space, they're not saying...
0: Like, hey, I'm a financial advisor. Hey, if you do what I exactly what I say, then you're going to get rich off of it. No, like,
1: I'm sure well, that's not no, what they're saying. most of them don't. Most of them, because if they said if that, they would be some, liable. Yeah, I mean, if you if you look at some of the, um, you know, if you look at some of the compilations of them on like YouTuber stuff, no, most of the ones I see never say that. Yeah. But also, they're trying to tout what they're saying as this is, even if. You know, they're basically stopping short of saying, Hey, I'm a financial advisor or I'm, you know, a financial professional. This is the be all, end all, or this is one of the be all, end all ways to get rich. Like, and then people go in and sit here and, you know, try and get in and lose a shit ton of money. Right. You know, well, they people, put their life savings in. And, you know, for me, that's like, if you're going to have that platform, there's just a lot, le- and ad- even if you don't have that professional responsibility, there is some level of obligation in my mind that you have to sit here and say, "Listen, this is what made me rich, or this is what you know helped me get through it." This might not work for you. That at the end of the day, right. that's kind of what I'm saying with it. And, you but know, anyone and you who's investing to, who knows your situation.
0: Anyone who's investing and in, in making you know, I mean, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Like you can be making very fiscally responsible moves in the marketplace. You're still it's still a risk. Yeah. So like if anyone think, if they listen to someone and they think when they put their money in, it's a guarantee because so-and-so on TikTok said so, that person's an idiot. Like, yeah. like there's no helping them. Like I I, I mean, I, I don't think we should be t- kicking people off of, because uh, that's what they're saying. They're saying Joe Rogan should be kicked off of Spotify. I don't think we should be kicking people off of social media platforms because you disagree with what they say. Not to mention, like you you're, you, keep bringing it back to the, I mean, you mentioned the First Amendment a couple times. Like I understand that companies are not necessarily uh obligated to follow the first amendment the way the const or the way the government is, but I still support the first amendment. And I think yeah. companies should fucking follow the first amendment, even if they don't want to like, it's just, I mean, why, like, why is the company like, okay, well we don't like the first amendment. So that's okay because they're a private organization. Well, well private organizations should be supporting the first amendment.
1: But, but where I think some of the criticism is coming in, in you know, and I, I don't think that Joe Rogan should be deplatformed. I mean, I think he's A does, lot of people he, did call for that. He, he does bring a lot of, like even if he has one, like occasionally the guest that very clearly is just not a good guest should maybe not really have as much of a platform to speak what they're speaking. But the it's people, not as knowledgeable in what but, they're saying.
0: But the guests that they're upset about being on there are good guests. They are knowledgeable people. They just don't like what they said. So they're basically saying, "I don't like what you're saying." Joe Rogan should be deplatformed for that, and I think that is way, way too far. Like I don't even think this yeah. should necessarily be a controversy. I mean again if you if you, if the do- if one of these doctors said something that you th- your you know to be factually inaccurate then then post your own you know podcast explaining why it's factually inaccurate and I'm sure many people have have done that so like I don't understand like why people are making such a big deal out of it like I think it's good to be having conversations, even if the things that are like being said in those conversations are not necessarily a, a net positive. Because then you can, I mean, like for example, like the whole Whoopi Goldberg thing, where she was talking about how, the, you know, the whole Holocaust wasn't about race. I mean, I don't think Whoopi Goldberg should be suspended for what she said. I don't think Whoopi Goldberg should be fired for what she said. I don't what she said was wrong. But then now we're having a national conversation about what she said. And actually Hitler and the Nazis did believe that the Jews were an inferior race. And we're having a conversation about that. And we're st- setting the record straight. So like yeah. just where I don't think Whoopi Goldberg should be suspended or fired for what she said, I don't think Joe Rogan should be suspended or fired for having those doctors on his yeah. platform. Now that's not to say you, there isn't a line that you can't cross where you, say, you do something or say something that's so egregious that, okay, yeah, we should start having a conversation about deplatforming.
1: Yeah. But I just don't think that's where we're at with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it it benefits to have those conversations, right? You know, but I, I think from a company's perspective, the even way- if it's
0: a bad conversation, you can still learn from
1: it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't disagree from that or disagree with that, but you know, kind of what I say is, at what point does that? <clears throat> and like I was just kind of using that analogy with the financial professionals, yeah. like versus financial TikTok, right? Right. Um, you know, similar to like, well, just actual doctors in in medicine um, versus somebody just saying something on social media. At what point does that, it, and I think this is where it needs to, we're still trying to flesh this out in the era of social media. Mm. At what point does that conversation, net positive or net negative, to the overall conversation, mm. at what point does that become something where you are actively leading people, you potentially are actively leading people down a road where they won't be benefiting themselves. You know, where you could potentially be harming people with what you're saying. Because, you know, Joe Rogan obviously holds a lot of sway Hmm. with millions of people. I mean, every episode, every month, he brings in, you know, how many hundreds of thousands if not millions of people in the episode right it's, you know millions he, yeah and that's at the end of the day that's where i'm saying with that vetting and everything you know he does hold some sway with who he brings on of course what that messaging is yeah good or bad to the overall conversation he does bring that <clears throat> so right that's what you know at the end of the day that's all i'm saying is because he's that followed and listened to you know there is some level of it that I think needs to be considered, well, are you actually adding, benefiting people, or are you just sitting here saying something that people, you know, whether it's him or the guest he has on, um, saying something without knowing somebody else's position who's listening to it or individual situation who's listening to it that then tries that and ends up in the hospital or ends up broke or something like that. But why –
0: I mean, you – but, like, why do you – when you say something online or on TV or whatever it may be, why does what you're saying have to benefit someone? I mean, you – I mean, we were just watching college basketball right before we turned this on – I saw a Wendy's commercial. It's saying, "Hey, you should come get Wendy's." Trust me, getting Wendy's is not going to be beneficial for it you. Diet not. Should we ban Wendy's and ban Wendy's commercials? Like, I don't think so. But just because something's on air doesn't doesn't mean it necessarily has to benefit people. Not, I mean, it's not like Joe Rogan is going on his platform and saying, "Like, hey, drink bleach, it's good for you." Like, he's not encouraging people to well, hurt themselves no. or commit acts of violence. So it's like you keep asking me where the line is. I'm saying the line is where you're actually hurting people, and I just don't think what Joe – I don't think there's any evidence to support the notion that Joe Rogan has actually hurt people.
1: Well, yeah. Well, in this specific situation, I don't know that. Right. Because I don't know the – I haven't dug down deep enough to look into the specifics of what he's saying. Right. But as far as I
0: know, no one has been hurt from any of these doctors coming on his podcast. Now, if he encouraged violence or something like that, like obviously that's a problem. We have to
1: stop that. But the, it's just I'm just like throwing that out there as like a general like hypothetically at least where is that line for somebody of his platform? Yeah, and I mean, and and like saying, I said,
0: I think that's that's the line where people are actively being hurt. Yeah, which I, I don't know that there's that you you know there's evidence that that's happened.
1: Yeah, I, I don't personally know that either. That anybody's been directly hurt from what those doctors have said on his show but, all those
0: know. all those doctors were saying is that there are side effects from the covid vaccine. Like there's evidence of side effects from the covid vaccine. And it's like they're not saying don't get the covid vaccine. In fact, the guy who was saying, "Hey, there are side effects of the covid vaccine and people are ignoring or, or not just ignoring the facts that there are side effects, but they're trying to cover it up." That's a guy who created the technology for the vaccine. Not to mention a guy who's gotten the vaccine. So he's not saying don't get the vaccine. He's just saying people should make their own decisions. Also, here's some information you might like to know. Some young people are having heart issues because they're getting the vaccine. That's Again, he was not even saying you shouldn't get the vaccine. He was just saying... Here's the information, make your own decision. And I think you either have to come down on the – if what they're saying is not actively hurting people, you have to come down on the side of do people deserve to have the information and make their own decisions for themselves or is the government just making the decisions for everyone? You need to shut the fuck up
1: and do what they say. Well, and I think what you just said with having the decisions or having the information to make the decision, that's where I'm coming at it with it is you need to be informed consent. Like you need, Right, right. Like, you need to And that's what here. the doctor
0: was arguing. He was saying, we do not have informed consent because they're covering up things about the vaccines.
1: Yeah, it, like... And, I, and that pisses people off. Like, I have no problem sitting here and saying, listen, you you know, you, you've you you've researched this, but at the same time, you could say, like, with your own primary care physician discussed and said, well, should I be getting it? Like, that's where I say informed consent. Like, just sitting there and saying... Right. But just sitting there and saying... I guess kind of what I was coming with is just blanket saying something, not telling somebody to research it, not telling somebody right. to say can, if they have a financial advisor or a tax advisor or someone like that, right. consult that person for taxes and financial advice, or you know their physician discuss for medical stuff. Like of course that that at the end of the day, you, you know you need to have that informed consent, but part of it, I guess, kind of what I'm arguing too with it is. Some of that informed consent is if you're on somewhere, like if you're a guest, say, on Joe Rogan's platform or his podcast and everything, come with some level of that informed consent to say, here's some level of information. You might disagree with it. You might think it's, you know, you might fall on whatever side of the debate you're going to fall on. But here's the facts as I know them. Joe, no and one, lay it out,
0: but no one, and that's, I mean, that's how it is presented on his shows. Like no, when like when people say things on his podcast that he doesn't necessarily believe or he doesn't agree with, he'll call them out, and they'll like pull up the information on Google and then take a look yeah. at it and, and, what and I, see what's I, going I, on. Well, I know and see dec- if it's true or not.
1: Like that John Stewart example that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, you know, I know John he Stewart had, defended him. A yeah, bit. he had defended him because it had been a situation where. I think it was Joe Rogan was saying something that was like anti-vax, like an anti-vax spouting point. Um, and the guest, I don't remember which guest it was specifically, called him on a shit. It was like, you know, that's, well, that's anti-vax. That's like wrong to say. You shouldn't be saying that. And here's why. And he looked, you know, Rogan looked it up and was proven wrong in the moment Yeah, about
0: I mean, that. I would have to look up and see what that was talking about. Cause, yeah. I mean, Joe Rogan's it, not It anti- was on Jon Stewart's
1: podcast, I think, The Problem.
0: Okay. Because I know Rogan's not anti vaccine. Like, he's not yeah. out there saying, do not get the vaccine. Like, he's yeah. never said that. He's, yeah, he's I'm not, he's I'm just not, says, to I'm s- not vaccinated. You have to make your own decision.
1: Yeah. I'm not trying to say that he's against it, but I think he was saying something that is commonly touted among the anti vaccine group.
0: Okay. Uh, I, yeah, something I, I along I that line,
1: up. but he was proven wrong in the moment.
0: Right. Yeah. I'd have to look that up because I, I don't know what you're referring to. <clears throat> but we've got to be, I and mean, we've got to be at the end of this thing
1: now, right? As far as COVID? Yeah. I mean, as far as calling it a pandemic or endemic, I would imagine so. I mean... Right. Don't we just have to accept that this is just something that we have to live with now? Well, it was Germany or another European country was trying to make... Like, trying to sit um, here basically say, listen, at least with Omicron going forward in terms of variants, like clearly it's more widespread, but less severe. So they were trying to say like, let's, um, like let, let's stop with some of the restrictions and lockdowns and stuff like that. Like let's treat it more like a flu because at least based on Omicron, that's where it's going is more like the seasonal flu where, you know, you should sit there and probably get, you know, a seasonal, like a seasonal flu shot, something like that to combat it. Um, so I yeah. think that that's probably where we're headed, but honestly, I don't, you know, for sure know where it's going to go. I mean, it could get <clears throat> worse. It could get better. I, but I think we're at the point where as of right now, it looks like it's going to get better from yeah. what I know.
0: Yeah. I think it's, uh, essentially, um, yeah, I mean, I think we're pretty much done with it. Everyone's either been vaccinated or has had COVID. So, like, I don't think it's like I don't think COVID's going anywhere. Like, I think there'll be multiple strains like year <clears> after year. Um, hopefully, they just become less severe. Yeah, at least like I, I think people. Of COVID, yeah, yeah, I think people are pretty much done with it. Um, as far as the uh the John Stewart uh, Rogan thing, let's see, Stewart further called the outcry over COVID nineteen information on Rogan's podcast overblown rhetoric. He gave the example of a recent episode in which Rogan battled with Joss Zepps over Rogan's claims that there is an adverse risk of myocarditis and inflammation of the twelve heart in the inflammation of the heart muscle among twelve to seventeen-year-olds who received the vaccine, acknowledged he was incorrect about the effects of coronavirus vaccine on children and young people. But that's the whole thing. It's like When Joe Rogan realizes, like, that's why people like him, is because he's open to change in his mind. And when he realizes something that he says is wrong, that he will correct the record, which is why it's, he's, Stuart's right. The whole thing is overblown. Joe Rogan's not like trying to peddle misinformation. And when he's called on stuff, he's willing to look at that.
1: Yeah. I think he's willing, he's willing to at least look at it. And like, I'm not saying him having those two doctors on was wrong or right. Like, I haven't seen those or listened to those episodes or anything. So I, I can't really even say, you know, say I, whether what was said. was I wrong. I listened to
0: this exact episode, and even though he did like correct himself uh, with that with Josh Zepps on there, he essentially they all he said was he thought that it was like the risk of myocarditis was uh, like higher than it actually is. So like you still do have a pretty strong risk of myocarditis uh, if you're 12 to 17 getting the the vaccine. His numbers were just wrong. Like it, he just he believed it was higher risk than it is, but it is still a risk. And they, like, yeah. explain the whole thing on the episode. But, like, that's the whole thing. Like, he's not going to just say shit that's not true, and then if someone calls him on it, not, like, admit to it. He he also, he says regularly that he's an idiot, he's a cage fight commentator. Like, you should not be coming to him for scientific advice. So, yeah. like, it's not something, he does not encourage that. I mean,
1: he at least has a disclaimer. I don't know how legally it would hold up, but... I mean, he's not legally
0: liable for anything by bringing people on and, like, having conversations with them. Just, like, we're not legally liable for anything we're saying here unless you, like, encourage violence or, or something like that. You're not legally liable. I mean, if, if, if he talks – he brings a doctor on his podcast and the doctor says there are young people who are getting, uh, you know, the COVID vaccine and they're having heart issues because of it. And then a young person doesn't get the vaccine and then they cite that, like, good luck suing him. Like, you're never going to be able to do that. Like, he, like you made the decision on your own not to um, to get that vaccine. Also, you should be consulting your own doctor. Like, everyone knows that. Any physician will tell you that. Like, if you are trying to make a health decision, you a major one, you need to consult your own doctor. And I, guarantee, and I know for a fact – that on those podcasts, like all those doctors gave that exact disclaimer. It's like, I'm just telling you the, the numbers and, and the information, but like, I'm not your doctor. I, I'm not going to diagnose you or treat you or tell you how you should be treated. So, I mean, everyone, like you should be consulting your own financial advisor and not, and, and if someone yeah. on TikTok says something that you think might be a good play, you should be con- consulting your yeah. own doctor before you make a decision on whether you want to get a vaccine or, or, or not.
1: Mm. I mean, Which
0: which I think is pretty basic, honestly. Like, you would talk to your doctor, I'm sure, if you had any medical questions.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's worth it to talk to your doctor and see, well, not just... Why not? I mean, they're they're your doctor. (laughs) Not even, well, is this a good vaccine? So much so as, is it a good vaccine given my situation? Right, of course. they're the one that's, you know, most objectively able to sit here and say, listen, maybe you have a side effect. That this would um tend to flare up with right exactly um so I I mean it's it's like at the end of the day yeah you need to talk to the professionals in your life I'm just saying you know Rogan has that platform where he you know he obviously reaches a lot of people yeah so you know
0: you so have he shouldn't those- have people on that you don't like is that what you're saying because that's what these other people are saying.
1: Uh, well, I I mean, if it's somebody that I don't agree with, if they can present an argument that is factual, objectively factual and can change my mind, yeah. Right. Um, I mean, like, I'm not saying he he shouldn't, should or should not bring on specific people. Like, I'm not trying to, like, um, I'm not trying to sit here and, um lobby for that. I'm just saying it's like he just has the platform where he reaches a lot of people. Therefore, maybe there's a level of responsibility that needs to happen with making sure that the points are laid out as best as they can be. But that's what he does. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's like the whole, that's what his whole podcast is. Like he brings people on, they talk about stuff and he, if he doesn't think something's true or he doesn't know about something, he'll have his producer pull it up and they'll read into it and see whether something's wrong. And if that person's wrong, he'll call them out on it. So I mean, yeah. I, I think he's doing, honestly, he's doing a great service and he's doing a great job at what he's doing, which is why he's so popular. I think the people who are talking shit and trying to get him canceled are like people on CNN. They're fucking jealous. CNN gets 200,000 viewers a day. He gets 11 million a day. Like, it, like it's crazy. I, and like the, the, if you're telling me that like, like honestly, you have a lot of opinions about this because we've been talking about it for almost half an hour and, and you don't watch, you don't listen and watch his Podcasts all I don't the way watch through it. on I a don't regular watch basis. Regular, the people who are talking enough. shit about him for the most part are people who don't know anything about what he's doing. Yeah, so that's why John Stewart's like, actually, you don't know what goes on in there. Um, yeah, that's why I'm saying he says, you know, he corrects the record when it needs to be. He brings people on from both sides of the aisle. He makes it clear that he is not an expert on any of this stuff. He's just sitting down with people he finds interesting. And uh, they're having you know interesting conversations, and some people just don't like what they're talking about because there's you know a, f- a fraction of the population who believes you have to get the vaccine. There's no other you know way forward, and I just don't think they like necessarily like that he he's having these conversations with people who don't agree with them. And I also think there are there is a component of it where I think some people are jealous of his radiance and things like yeah. that. Not to mention people view him as a conservative, which he is absolutely not. Like he voted for Bernie Sanders. Like he's not a conservative. So I think some people don't like him because they view him as a conservative. But that again, that's because people actually these these people don't listen to the podcast or don't watch the podcast. Yeah. And they don't know anything about him.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think from a rating standpoint, I'm not even like I'm not even gonna go into the voting which side of the aisle you go on with that. Like I think that's gonna bring up its own, you know, hornet's nest about stuff personally, but to debate I don't know I don't but, know. But um like well, like when you said he voted for Bernie, like I think that just naturally, I think at least in America, that just brings up its whole hornet's nest of, oh well, you voted for that person, so that means you're a piece of shit, or you voted, you know, you voted this way, you voted that way, right. you're a piece of shit because you voted that way, regardless of even if you are maybe coming from a similar stance. Just a slightly different viewpoint on that same stance. No, I'm just. I only Uh, brought the fact that he
0: voted for Bernie because he's he is a liberal. Like he's clearly a liberal. Like that's. I'm not saying it's a good, bad, or ugly thing. I'm just saying people who. I've just only brought that up to to emphasize the fact that people. He's a liberal-leaning libertarian, right? People exactly. People who characterize him as like an alt-right or as a conservative—that that's just not. They just don't know anything about his beliefs because he's certainly that's certainly not who he is. Like he would rip on Trump more than than you know most people on the internet.
1: Yeah. So. I mean, as far as the ratings mm-hmm. go, too. I think it has to be looked at. Well, in your avenue, hmm. how many people are doing the same thing? I mean, oh, right. I I would compare it. You know, com, like compare, um, like CNN, MSNBC, all of them to Rogan versus switch out Rogan for just Fox News. I mean, right. Fox News is obviously probably the most famous and the largest conservative news network at least in america that there is yeah i agree you know versus you know what probably five different um five different more liberal leaning um news stations at least here in america somewhere around there cnn
0: msnbc better cable news yeah i don't know um, which i mean cnbc is more like financial yeah kind of but like more probably at
1: least a handful there that might draw you know but different just, liberals through their own course. camp versus Fox News Right. that solely is maybe the only right. concern. I mean, not know. that
0: it matters like who's yeah. getting more ratings, but if you, yeah, if I you mean, you could I'm, still combine CNN and MSNBC and Fox still crushes them. Not yeah. that not that it matters. I think you have a lot of a lot of older people watch cable television yeah. and cable news and. Um, there's all and and on average, the, an older person like someone who's like sixty or seventy is more conservative than liberal. So I yeah. think also the age skew has something to yeah. do with that as well. Well, yeah, but I but, just, just but I just think for, I'll, I only brought up the ratings is because I do think there are people at CNN, for example, who, you know, or MSNBC yeah. who criticize Rogan, and one of their main I think drivers is that they don't like the fact that he's so much more popular yeah. than them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying for sake of ratings, like understand that there might be that difference in how many people want to align with a certain station right or align with a certain person. that's why
0: Joe Rogan is so popular and gets so many ratings because he brings in people from all walks of life. He brings in, I mean, it's, I'm sure it's more men than women, but he has, he has women, he has men, he has all kinds of races. He has, he's got liberals, libertarians, conservatives. That's why he is so popular. You can't be so popular and like have people hating you. Like it just doesn't work. Like some people hate him, but like clearly what he's, he's doing a good job at something. Um, and I think a, a big part of why people like it is just long-form conversations. I think they view cable news, whether it's left, right, or center, as antiquated, um, where you do like, you've got, I mean, turn on CNN, you got like 12 people on the screen and split boxes. They all have 30 seconds to yell something out and, and talk over each other and try to get a Fox point. Fox News, and same way. Get a, exactly. A lot of them all have. That's why I said left, antiquated. right, or center. It doesn't matter. It's an, yeah. it's an antiquated business model. And I think it is a dying breed. And I think they're starting it's to realize that. It's focused on spitting
1: the opinions about the situation that sit here and be what the actual news is and say, here's what's going on. Here's what happened. You can make your decision. Yeah.
0: Also, you can't flesh out a cohesive and articulate d- argument on a complex issue in 30 seconds. You just can't do it. I mean, we've been talking for th- half an hour about the Joe Rogan issue. If you had 30 seconds and I had 30 seconds to talk about that, you, we would get nowhere. Like, it's ridiculous. So I think that's why it's popular, too, is the long-form conversation, which that's why I like podcasting. That's why we're yeah. we're doing this podcast right now is because the long-form conversations, I think, are a lot more interesting. And uh, and, and that's something I'm really excited about for, for, for Rogan and for other podcasters and, and hopefully even for us. Yeah.
1: I think um, – I mean, maybe that's the way the news um... – you know, the news cycle is going to go now is having the podcast. I mean, I, I know for all my financial yeah. news, that's what I do is I, that's how I listen to it.
0: And there's but, nothing wrong with that. And I do think people in cable media are a little worried about that. I I think they should be YouTube and podcasts. I think are, are, are the way of the future.
1: Then you um, need to sit here and catch up and do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? and, I, I think at least with, I, you know, at least with our generation in the millennial generation, I think that's. Uh, more so podcasts but even youtube to an extent i mean we grew up in the internet age i think yeah. that's where for us that's where i don't know about you at least but like me that's how i consume my news that's how i stay up to date on things is watching the video of what's going on or listening to the podcast things like that you know yeah. obviously i still like i still do some other stuff where you know i'll do my mm-hmm. own research on the things that i want to actually do a deeper dive on right. and care about but you know, and if that includes you know traditional media, traditional media, but yeah, y- you know, I think that's where for our generation, that's where it's gone to. Yeah, and either they haven't adapted or don't want to adapt.
0: Right. Yeah. So I'm um, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Johnny was wanting to do a fitness podcast with me, and then he bailed on it because he says he didn't he doesn't think it's a popular enough medium anymore. <sighs> Think, and I'm like, I mean, I think it's a saturated market, but I, at the same th- time, it's extreme. Podcasts are extremely popular still.
1: I, I think, it, yeah, I think it's it's saturated to an extent across the entire space. I think it's um, across any topic you want to discuss. I think it's as far as a dying medium. I, I, I mean, maybe it is, but if you're saying it's dying, what's replacing it? Right. He thinks TikTok, but it's like if you want to actually have well like but, meaningful conversations, you can't do it for TikTok yeah, videos. But TikTok, like TikTok, does it because look at what attention spans are going on I know. With. like. But that's but, that's but where how is Joe to Rogan go? so popular with doing three hour podcasts? Like it doesn't make sense.
0: Like we are. I do agree that Americans' attention span is shrinking. Yet some of the most popular pl- you know platforms and podcasts out there are really long ones. Like it, it is. Like a conflict I don't necessarily agree that people only want those short videos. I do think they that gives you those quick dopamine hits that makes you addicted yeah. and makes you want to keep doing the watching those videos, which I do think they have a, a good algorithm on TikTok as far as keeping people engaged. But I do think that people are are hungry for those meaningful conversations, those interesting conversations, even if they do take hours and hours and hours. So, yeah. you know, I honestly want to get back to the point where whether it's you and me or, or you know, or whatever the setup is. Um, but I do want to be having those long form conversations like we're doing right now. I do want to be yeah. talking to interesting people um, And I think that that Joe Rogan style podcast is something that we want to, to, to get uh, to get involved in and moving forward absolutely. So I mean you're obviously a big fan of podcasts. You, we record a podcast together on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, and it was actually your idea. The podcast was your was, idea. Yeah, it was my idea. So you're clearly a, a fan of the medium. And uh, I, I mean, what do you... Like, how do you think Distilled Discussions is going? Like, are you like happy with it so far? What are your
1: thoughts? What are, you, what are your goals? I I mean, I like the way it's going. I think it could branch out into a little bit more different ways of producing a podcast. But it's not bad. Yeah. Um, we're like
0: 70-some whiskeys in at this point. Yeah, Still at this point, region. yeah.
1: So that's, that's not a... I mean, it's been over... Over a year now about, about a year and a half at this point I think yeah something like that yeah absolutely um, so I mean I, I like I like the medium I think it's a good thing to at least just have on to listen to like I listen to them while I work yeah. you know um so I think it's a good medium um I do I think there's a lot
0: of people who listen to them when they work yeah when
1: they drive when they work out stuff like that yeah yeah exactly and I think it's you know it's it's like I was saying earlier I don't know if it's dying, like if it's dying, what's replacing it? Yeah. You know, it, you can sit here and say, well, TikTok or something like that with a shorter attention. It's just span, a different. Monster. But how are you going to get that information?
0: Right. That's just a different. It's just a different setup, I think, with a TikTok yeah. versus. I do think a good podcast. I do think you need a a video component to like really take off, which is something we haven't done with this little discussion Not yet, yet. At least, yeah. But I didn't think it's something we'll get to absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, cheers, sir. Cheers, yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, Distilled Discussions hasn't made us a lot of money, but we've drank a lot of whiskey.
1: <laughs> we can at least like what we're doing right? with it. So
0: right now we're actually drinking a, uh, a single barrel select, the single barrel select from Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey, uh,
1: 47%. That's good, I, I like high it. Volume. I know we did an episode where we tried a uh, barrel proof one from Jack Daniels. Um, personally, yeah. I like that barrel proof one better than this, but yeah. it's still good. Nothing yeah, I'm not surprised.
0: At. I mean, the barrel proof is typically... <laughs> kind of a higher higher end
1: yeah Barrelproof is also at like 62 or 63% uh, alcohol by volume which I don't remember what this one is at 47 47 yeah, it has quite a difference um,
0: that's just a different type of whiskey yeah So I, I always uh, it's funny because honestly so like I said the podcast hasn't like gone viral or anything like that but every time I'm kind of surprised it hasn't almost because every time I mention it to someone they always think it's like a really cool concept yeah so I'm not sure what's going on. I just think, I think it's really just, hard. It's just really hard to get an audio to get only. known yeah. like that. Um, yeah, especially when you're audio only. Where we both have busy lives, so like it's not like we're super active on the the social media page. Yeah. Um, well, and
1: it doesn't help that we don't have the like the YouTuber video aspect, which you know, the YouTube space is at least among the people that I follow on it. You know, just crowded with. Um, the whiskey tube. stuff So yeah, yeah So it's
0: almost like Would we even Even if we added the video component Would it We take, could blow up? up
1: I mean I think by content Just a lot of people Would consume it But who knows
0: Yeah I mean We gotta We gotta set up a video aspect of it And I'm thinking Honestly it wouldn't be that hard to do and, it, uh, it'd be a
1: lot of having to mix some stuff,
0: yeah, maybe the, some additional, we the, the could, recor- we could, we could set up the recording pretty qu- easily. I think it's the editing that would be a pain in the ass. Yeah. But maybe we do something basic at first where you do, uh, like you put a video, a camera on me, a camera on you, I do a split screen of the whole thing and you just upload the, the whole video and you just have like side by side split screens of us talking. Maybe. I think that would be a good basic way to kind of get into the, to the, to the, to the, me- the market. Again, I really like the idea of us interviewing people and talking to these other interesting people. Um, yeah. Like, you know, that the Joe Rogan type style. Honestly, I don't think we're going to be able to do that type of podcast and do distilled discussions at the same time. Oh, God, no.
1: No, that... that right. I think that would be two different completely animals in yeah. terms of, well, doing just like an informational one as, and then sitting here and saying, oh, well, we're going to, you know, like actually interview people. I think that's... is. Either we'd be doing, you know, multiple podcasts a week, having to edit. If we're doing the video aspect, sitting here and having to upload that, edit that, do all of that stuff. Right. You know, and upload it, you know, multiple times a week, which I don't know. We could maybe put the time in to do that. But I think we'd have to sit here and say, I just, it's are not we making happen. the money to justify it? We
0: won't be able to put the time in because I just won't. I mean, Sarah is going to make me spend time with her. Like, I just don't. Like, like I'm already pretty busy I already have a pretty well, busy yeah. life.
1: I mean, at least through June, you're planning a fucking wedding. So you got to sit here and right. do that.
0: Yeah, we got the bachelor party, the the wedding, the honeymoon. The, I'm relatively new at my job. So I just I don't have the time or the mental really bandwidth in order to, to, to run like a podcast, especially one that bold and ambitious. I do think that, um, honestly, I do kind of want to get another podcast off the ground while we're still doing Distilled Discussions. And that's another thing. I don't. I just don't think we're we've done what we want to do yet with distill discussions. Oh no. So we're and we're gonna. So we're gonna keep doing that, and I think we owe it to folks to put the real focus on that while we're in while we're in it. Yeah. Um, and so I don't want to start something else that because it really does take a lot out of you, and it's like you have to really put a lot of focus and passion into it. So yeah. I was, well, I
1: know we, there was another pet project we kind of thought about going into wanting to do startup and then maybe over the next five, 10 years, get into doing that, that would lend itself to maybe getting more into the other types of podcasts we want to do within this space, get those, some of those interviews, do a lot of that type of stuff that would help.
0: Right. So, so it's exciting that there's options. Um, a lot of it just is capital, you know, it's capital intensive and and just independent. So,
1: you know, if we don't, we don't have the money
0: to do it, we won't probably,
1: um, I mean, even just sitting here doing a normal podcast, like if we were going to fly to somewhere else, like buying the plane tickets, hotel rooms, all that stuff would be expensive. Right. 100%. Um,
0: and this is all stuff I thought about back when I was doing Axiom full time. And and, and it, it is a, it's a lot. And I think you can make it work and you can make it interesting and you can make it popular, but it, it's a lot of work. And I still want to do certain things with the still discussions that we haven't accomplished yet. Um, not to mention I'm really curious what your thoughts are because I really like the idea of a. Um, I, I want to start a pod, another podcast with you if you're interested in it. Where we, I, I basically want to start a podcast for the new Game of Thrones prequel. Like I want to, okay. sh- I want to do a podcast that is yeah. focused on that uh, the House of House well, of the Dragon. Yeah,
1: well, because we discussed um, obviously, how, what was it? I think we did. What was it? Just. Was it only up through season seven or season eight, too that we did recaps of all the episodes of Game of Thrones? So I don't, I think it was just through, I think it was all seasons, but I don't remember. Right.
0: So we posted it on, we've heard it both ways, I'm pretty sure. Uh, and what we did was we, re, we did a re we did a recap. We did one episode per season. <clears throat> so we recapped seasons one through seven and we did an episode per season. And then for the final season, we did a recap for each, every episode of that final season. Okay. Um, so it would be more kind of like a podcast. I, I was, you know, imagine a podcast where we would do something similar, you know, recap each episode, but also some intro stuff because it's a brand new series. I was thinking we would do a podcast where we would introduce. We could do a podcast. So, because the podcast is about, or I should say the, the
1: new show is based on a book, right? It's based on, um, if I recall correctly, um, I forget. I can pull it it's up. It's one of his primary ones. I forget the title of it, but it's one of the ones he did George R. R. Martin did in the Game of Thrones um saga where it was basically about It's based on the a couple centuries before It's
0: based on the 2018 novel titled Fire and Blood, set 200 That's years the before the events of Game of yeah. Thrones.
1: Yeah. So like 2 or 300 years before what the events of Game of Thrones are. It
0: chronicles the beginning and the ending of the House of Targaryen. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it it chronicles pretty much everything, at least as we know it in Westeros. Yeah, you know the beginning of House Argarian in Westeros through basically the events that, more or less, I don't. I think it cuts off, you know, a few decades prior to this, but you know, more or less the. Beginning of what Game of Thrones, that series of books that he's written, and obviously the TV show corresponding to it, um, were. So it's kind of it was kind of the prequel, same way that like uh, episodes one through three of Star Wars were, um, were. You know, were a prequel to right. four through six. So your so, so so there's how many books are there? So the, as of right now, well there's uh. F- Fire and Blood, which is the prequel book to A Song of Ice and Fire is series. Is that the most recent one? I think so. It came out in 2018. Yeah. So it was Fire and Blood, which was the prequel book. Then you have A Song of Ice and Fire, which is the Game of Thrones series. How many were um, in that? Do you remember? There's going to be seven. Five have been written. He's working on six and seven simultaneously right now. Okay, so... But I don't think a release date for either one has been set so yet. So there
0: should be seven books, but we're, we've
1: only seen five so far. Yeah, there will be... As of right now, there will be... Uh, well, eight books in total, of which six have been written. And then there was kind of one more that was ancillary to all those... Like, Fire and Blood, and then the... like. Ice and Fire Game of Thrones series um, that was written called Dunk and Egg. Dunk and Egg, okay. uh, if I recall correctly, uh, the title of it. That's so, kind of ancillary. but
0: So right now I'm looking at... A Game of Thrones in 1996, A Clash of Kings in 1998, A Storm of Swords in 2000. Y- yeah, so the... A Feast of Crows in 2005...
1: Yeah, so and then a dance with
0: dragons. So are you? So is it the first four books are basically the Game of Thrones we all
1: know, and then the fifth book was a prequel? No. So the way it goes, Fire and Blood is the prequel. That's the one that the new series on HBO will be chronicling. Okay.
0: Um. Oh, so these are all just from A Song of Ice
1: and Fire. Yeah. So Game of Thrones, Clash of Kings, A Storm of Swords, Um, A Feast for Crows and A Dance with Dragons... Is what
0: Game of Thrones is based off of.
1: Well, that's the first five books that it's based off. Then, like, the last couple of seasons... They kind of did their own thing. He kind of slightly deviated, I think, from what... He... he, Yeah. He contributed. He contributed and, I think, said, you know, where he was going to go. So, The Winds
0: of Winter and A Dream of Spring, is that the forthcoming books? Are those basically going to be, like, how the series ended? Or, like, is it going to go beyond...
1: As far as I know, those two will confirm or deny how the HBO series, gotcha. the TV series right, right. of Game of Thrones, um, went. But you don't or think did not go. I don't know if it'll go further okay, than right, where it oh, went. But right. that that it's basically going to wrap up probably because I think it was through about season five and a half, like halfway either halfway through season six or halfway through season seven is about where Game of Thrones as a TV series began to deviate from where Game of Thrones as a book series is. Okay. And so uh, The Winds of Winter, which is the sixth book, and then A Dream of Spring, which is the seventh book, are going to catch up to where the rest of Game of Thrones was from that point onwards. And I don't know how much of those, officially at least, how much of those are going to align with each other or if they will deviate in any respect?
0: yeah it's interesting that he stopped in the, so he's like ma- writing these this book series and then they make a TV show about it but in the middle of them making the TV show about it in the middle of him writing these books he stops and he writes a prequel.
1: yeah, isn't that kind of interesting? It is well I, yeah it's very interesting to me I mean I'm sure he was probably working on him at the same time. I'm sure he had to be because he would probably realize like, oh, wait, maybe I need to fill in some of this information beforehand. But, yeah, it's interesting because I have the prequel book um, physically. It's about – Have you ever read fa- it? Oh, yeah, I've read it. It's about 1,000 pages, I think, if I recall. So 1,200 1, pages. So I mean, how do
0: you like the um, – like, how do you like the, the, that, that
1: novel? I like it a lot, honestly. I mean, it, it's – You like
0: the prequel, like the House of Targaryen story?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's a good story to listen to and everything. Um, you know, it. It's. I mean, like I was just kind of saying, is, you know, very much a dense read.
0: So they broke it to up. get
1: through, but.
0: So have, so the book. Let's see. Yeah, I
1: haven't seen how far they go in depth in the first season of um, House of the Dragon with all that. How far they go in depth to Fire and Blood, but. Um, yeah, I mean they're all. It's like reading Lord of the Rings if you've ever read that. Like they're very good books. Books they go in depth on everything. It's just they're a very very dense read to get through. So apparently there's there's a lot of information. Two volumes
0: to the to the book, is what they're saying. They're saying Fire and Blood. This is the Wikipedia page. It's from the family of Song of the Ice and Fire. Although originally planned for publication after the completion of the series, Martin has revealed his intent to publish the history in two volumes. Okay, so did it actually come out in two volumes? I know. They cuz they say that cuz what Wikipedia says is that the second half of the first volume is what's going to be adapted into the prequel House of the Dragon. Yeah. Which means they're like taking a fourth of the book basically, and that's what they're making the show about. That's what this makes it sound like.
1: Yeah, so so here's what here's what I'm reading right now. Yeah. So, the first book of um, Fire and Blood is what I have in hard copy and I've already read. Okay. And I think that's probably a lot if not all of what so far um, has been filmed out probably for um, the, uh, House of the Dragon on HBO Yeah, um, will be on. But the second part is um, probably going to be between you know it's probably going to be like the 150-ish years before game of thrones and has yet to be written. Okay. Um cuz he's wanting to finish um he's wanting to finish a song of ice and fire, which is the whole game of thrones series as we know the TV series. That's what that's based on. He's wanting to finish that before he starts part 2 of fire and blood. Okay. As a book series at least.
0: So it sounds like so you so he hasn't even completed the second half of fire and blood?
1: Yeah. I I don't think he's completed like he's planned it out, but hasn't completed because he wants to complete the two Winds of Winter and A uh, Dream of Spring that he is already working on. So he doesn't want to distract himself too far away from that.
0: Okay, because it sounds so. The Dying of the The Dying of the Dragons is sixty thousand words in length. Focuses on the Great Civil War known as the Dance of Dragons, the Targaryen Civil War, which I believe that's what this is focusing on. It's the events leading up to the Targaryen Civil War. Hopefully, it will show actually it depict the Targaryen Civil War. Yeah, and the war itself. Yeah, it does say that. So, let's see. In abridged bridge version, previously published. So, honestly, yeah, it does kind of sound like maybe the the book that you own.
1: That's the first volume. It, that yeah. volume.
0: It's, it does kind of sound like maybe the second half of that book is what the new show is basically going to be about. Because it's, like, the events leading... Because I don't think it's... Because I just... I mean, based on what they're saying... I mean, it could be on
1: that. Yeah. Because
0: I don't know if they're actually going to show... Because the Targaryen conquest, where Aegon... The uh, Targaryen, where he takes over the Seven Kingdoms... Yeah. It sounds like that's not going to be included in this series. Like, it sounds like it's, like, they've already... Targaryens have already conquered and are the Targaryen dynasty. And it's kind of showing, like, what leads up to the Civil War, and it's going to show the Civil War. Which sounds, to me, based on what I'm reading is like kind of towards the end of that book
1: yeah maybe i don't know i mean either way it'll be a good show i I just for me i think it would be better to sit here and you know have if they're going to do multiple seasons of house of the dragon like start with what's already written then make that into one or two seasons you know two to three seasons maybe but that's i think that's what they're doing though right Maybe I don't know. I mean, know. they they have to start with what's already written. I I would think they would have to start with with what's already yeah, written. That's what I'm but saying.
0: They're he, they're starting with that that first volume. It just yeah. they make it sound like they're not going to start at the beginning of the first volume.
1: May I mean maybe they don't. Maybe which they is, don't. I don't know. Which is ballsy
0: because you don't know with George R. R Martin how like you don't know when that second volume's coming out.
1: Yeah, yeah. He definitely. I mean, he definitely writes lengthy volumes in terms of books. I mean, like I've read all of the Game of Thrones books. They're eight hundred to. Fifteen hundred page books, like you've that them is all. so far, yeah. Wow. Um, I mean, it, it's you know, it that doesn't take a short amount of time to write and play no. and playing out, especially in a world like this. I mean, that's like if you were to sit here, you know, throwing it back to what I was saying with Game of or uh, Lord of the Rings, like that's like if you were to sit there and say, oh well, we're gonna film Lord of the Rings in the middle. As a TV series, like, in the middle of while he's... He's writing the books. Tolkien's writing it. So so
0: what I'm thinking is... I mean, we can reread the whole book, but, like, based on what they're saying, maybe... And we're going to do a little more research into it. Maybe we would just do the second half as far as, like, the coverage. But I was thinking we could do, like, a, a podcast or two podcasts where we basically discuss the book, and then we could do a podcast or a couple... You know, two podcasts where we discuss like all the information like we could like do like a a check-in so like uh, you know we talk about like all the information that's come out for the series where it's like this, this is who's casted this is what they're like. This is what HBO is saying. And if any new information comes out, we could like do a new a new yeah. one to kind of update well, people. And then yeah. once well, the I episodes know actually start coming I, out, then we can obviously we'll watch the new series and we'll review the episodes yeah. like we did with the the last
1: one. Well I, I know, the series is coming out starting this year. Yeah, season, so sometime season in, one is coming out in twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two, and we're They've already wrapped,
0: and we're already in the second month of twenty twenty two. So, yeah. you know, it's going to be somewhere between March and December. That's yeah. why I'm thinking we got to get this podcast up and running.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: is it something, is that, is this what I'm telling you? Is, or what I'm like kind of like laying out, is that something that
1: sounds interesting to you? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, I mean, it's something that's interesting. I liked it as a show. Yeah.
0: Um, and we'll discuss some more details off air and we'll, we'll um, and we'll uh, just tell everyone kind of what we're doing and all that. Um, but as long as that's something you're interested in and on
1: board with, I think it's something it's, we should do. And I don't think yeah, it's, it's pro- it'll of, probably be in fall or winter of this year, right?
0: And because of the way it's set up, I don't necessarily think that. Um, I don't necessarily think it'll be super time consuming. We'll have to read the, reread the book. I'll have to read it for the first time, yeah. And then we'll basically have to do maybe three, four, five podcasts max leading up to it. And then we'll do an episode per podcast. Like I don't think it yeah. will really be that time consuming other than reading the book.
1: Oh no. I mean the thing well, another thing that'll have to happen that they'll have to contend with is uh y- you know, is in September, literally I think September second of this year, um, for all fantasy nerds, the Game of Thrones or not Game of Thrones, um, Lord of the Rings series that's on gonna be on Amazon Prime, uh, The Rings of Power, which is based on the Silmarillion. Um, hmm. that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote, which is kind of the prequel book to the Lord of the Rings books before, trilogy. The um, it's before, the Hobbit. It's before, so it's the Silmarillion, then the Hobbit, then the three Lord of the Rings oh, books. Gotcha. Um, so it's the prequel, prequel. It's, yeah, it's a prequel to the prequel to the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, um, That series is starting on in early September of 2022 so on Amazon Prime, at least. So
0: you think they'll probably want to release before that? Don't
1: you think they I would think they'd want to release that's somewhere like early, around
0: that's early fall though, and you said it yeah, might be fall to winter. Like
1: late summer, early fall there. I mean they they'd want to release around some somewhere around that because Yeah. Like at that point you're competing with another if the Lord of the Rings series on Amazon Prime goes through. Right. That's another huge you know, nerds. Right, right, I do agree that you would want to watch. Like, I
0: do think everyone's gonna watch both of them if they really are. Like, have the, the Game of Thrones or it's the Lord of the Rings there, name. Yeah. right? Like crossover appeal. But I do, for some reason, I just feel like you want to come out first, maybe. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. We'll discuss more details off air as we and, know it, uh, and, and we'll
1: release it as we know it. Yeah, and, yeah.
0: and we'll figure it out, and we'll get this podcast set up. I'm really, ex- it's something I'm really excited about because honestly, man, I don't know how you feel about it, but I think I've done, I've probably recorded. I don't even know six hundred podcast episodes throughout my life now, and those Game of Thrones ones were some of my favorites. Like I, oh, yeah. I really enjoy doing those for sure. Um, so I'm really excited about this new episode, this new pod, potential podcast. Not to mention, I'm just really excited about the new show in general. Um, so that'll be really fun, um, and I think we could do something along with it. Honestly, man, you know how big of a nerd I am, and how big, and I'm a, I'm a sports nerd and I'm a fantasy nerd, Andy. And legit, I have been watching. In preparation for the Super Bowl and the Bengals being in the Super Bowl, I have been rewatching exclusively Game of Thrones episodes where there are battles. You know, Battle of the Bastards. Um, you know, the one where the bells are ringing, the bells uh, in the final season. I'm watching. Yeah. I watch the the, the the long night. I'm watching all these episodes almost because that's like I'm nervous about the Bengals going into battle for the Super Bowl, and like this is my way of coping with it as as a fantasy nerd. Um, so I've been watching all these battle episodes and my God, Andy, uh, Game of Thrones is, was so good. <laughs> like, it,
1: it, I really do miss it. They, I mean, they, despite what you might say about how they ended the show, I think it was definitely well, um, choreographed, but oh, very yeah. well done.
0: Oh, 100%. And I think even the final, people, people tend to rag on the entire final season. I honestly thought the final season was great until the final episode. Um, and it wasn't even like that final episode was horrible. I don't agree with it. I don't think they did what they should have done um, just as far based on what the characters and how we know them. But I, I do think the final season overall was very, very good. And I think any complaints about the season as a whole is is completely you know yeah. misled, um, misleading, um, because I really do believe it's a, it's a great final season. Um, but, man, I'm just – I i know. Like, I think I'm going to watch the Battle of the Bastards next Saturday, the night before the Super Bowl, in preparation
1: for the Gotta Bengals ready for that. being in the Super Whatever Bowl. Whatever parties happened that Sunday, too.
0: My God, Andy. I'm nervous. How are you feeling about this upcoming Super Bowl? Obviously, you're a Cincinnati resident – a Colts fan from Indianapolis, but a Cincinnati resident. I gotta cheer. For, a, a I, mean, I gotta
1: cheer for the Bengals. Like yeah. I, I mean, I might be a Colts fan at heart, but I gotta cheer for the Bengals. Like I will celebrate them. I will do anything possible to you know root them on. I hope they win, but I don't. As Pat McAfee says, Joey Burrow's a guy. The, the, Joe Burrow's is a, a guy. This is the second straight. I mean, honestly, this is the second straight toughest game. That they'll have to face. Um, uh, Would mean, you say that KC was the toughest? I don't know that I could even rank him. I mean, offensively, both of the... Like, defensively, I don't know that... I'd have to rate the Rams first just because the Rams' defense is better. Um, I, I think both the Chiefs and the Rams are going to be a tough offense to face. Oh, yeah. Um, I
0: think the Chiefs' offense is actually
1: better than the Rams' offense. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it might be better, but both of them are probably two of the toughest, if not the two toughest, offenses you're gonna have to face, even in a regular season game. I'm more worried about um, the
0: Rams' defense and their offense. Yeah, if exactly. you stop Cooper Cup, you can pretty much stop the Rams' it's, offense. OBJ is good. He's not yeah, like it's the like you OBJ we think you of when we hear OBJ. He's he's more like a. He's, he's not like what a he wants. Tyler was. Boyd almost. Like he's yeah. really not that impressive well, have, of a you have
1: Sonny Michel for who used to play in the in um the Patriots. Yeah, I think they're mainly using Cam backs. Akers right now. Yeah, like Cam Akers and Sonny Michelle kind of a, in a dual back situation there, um in the running back situation. Uh yeah. I mean the wide receivers but, uh, does, you're gonna do, have to do, show, do a lot. Does, with. Does
0: Sony Michelle or Cam Akers really make you scared though? Not
1: as much, but I mean... When you're talking about Tyree Kill and and
0: Travis Kelsey. I
1: I mean, the wide receivers on the Rams make me a lot more nervous. Because I don't even... And then you got, I mean, Matthew Stafford. Not what Patrick Mahomes is. But, you know, still a gunslinger. Um, I mean, he's proven that over his career.
0: I mean, he never was that impressive in Detroit, right? I have friends who are Detroit fans who are like, don't worry about the Bengals, they're going to be fine. Matthew Stafford... But all not, he, don't worry about him. But all he had in Detroit was Megatron. I agree. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. There is a reputation, whether it's fair or not, with Matthew Stafford that when it comes to the the big time moments, he doesn't he doesn't. He also live, helped lead he an offense
1: up. to defeat one of the greatest, if not the greatest, quarterback of all time in the uh, NFC Championship game. Or no, not the championship game. The uh, divisional round oh. against uh, Tampa Bay.
0: Yeah, that's true. But you, you know that that Tampa Bay team was uh, was very different than the team that won the Super Bowl a year ago. That team was
1: banged up. Banged up They, they brought, brought all th- their 22 starters lost, back.
0: They lost some – well, yeah, they brought their starters 22 starters back, but then by the end of the season, they had lost half of them. Antonio Brown, gone. Um, I mean, Gronk is a year older. Brady's a year older. They'd lost Godwin. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they lost a couple of their O-linemen. Yeah. I, I do think that Tampa Bay was a tough team to beat, but uh, Tampa Bay really was not... Uh, I mean, that offense fell apart, man.
1: It, it fell apart, but I mean, they brought it back... Because of injuries
0: in the, and because of Antonio Brown like running off the field. Yeah, I
1: mean, they they brought it back, though, in that second half of that game, though. I mean, they should have been dead to rights, but Tom Brady brought them back.
0: Oh, of course. it's Tom Brady. You can never count him out. But I'm just saying, I don't think... The Rams beating the Buccaneers is as big of a win as a lot of people think it is because of, like, they think it's big because Tom Brady, but it's like, and because they won the Super Bowl the year before, but that's really, that was a beat up team. KC, the Bengals beat twice. That's a very healthy team. Not to mention, honestly, man, I just feel like the Bengals are so hot right now.
1: They're so hot. They've got the momentum. I will say that. They've got the momentum of, we've won three straight playoff games only one of which against the Raiders Yeah, we were even slated to arguably be competitive right
0: in. they everyone picked them to lose to the Tennessee Titans
1: everyone picked them to lose to the Kansas City Chiefs Everyone's basically picking both, them to lose to the Rams basically but that's both by at least what, one score
0: right and that's almost what makes me think that the Bengals are going to go all the way is because people just keep counting them out and Joe Burrow just keeps saying nope I'm a winner well, the Bengals are winners we're taking this all the way and it I just – every game, every game since – thought somehow found a way I, to win it. Yeah, and I thought we were going to beat the Raiders, but every game since then, Tennessee, Kansas City, I thought we were going to lose. 100% I thought we were going to lose. I did not have oh, faith. Yeah. And they proved me wrong. They proved most of the experts wrong. And I, it just almost makes me nervous to bet against them at this point, which of course I don't want to jinx it. Knock on wood. I want the Bengals well, to win. Let's put Ted honey down then. Right? <laughs> maybe we might have to, but because right <laughs> now I'm just saying it's not a good bet against the Bengals. Um, well, because
1: what what did know. I text you the other day? Um, what was the line as of that time? It was what like was it seven it was and a half or three favorable. and a half? Um, get with like slated against the for the Rams winning.
0: Yeah, let me see. I'm going to just pull up right here. Oh, man. They just
1: yeah, it was as of, I think, like, Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, it was uh, Rams by three and a half. Uh, Rams, the money line is Rams minus 180, Bengals plus 155 over under uh, 49 and a half. Wow. So, I mean, they're clearly thinking it's going to be a high-scoring game.
0: Texas salesman Mattress Mack. Places four point five million dollar in bets on Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl.
1: I mean, wow! I, I would say clearly, like the the that's such a bad way to
0: spend four point five million dollars. That's so dumb. Well, but think I think gonna he's win.
1: gonna win. What seven and a half million if he if the Bengals do win?
0: Yeah, he'll win a lot, but it, but that's so much money to just like bet on a game. Uh, hey minus if he's got the money to blow he's got the money to blow Who Caesar's his burrow touched okay they see this is the thing they list all this information I just want to know the fucking line did you just did you just say it
1: uh yeah the money line was a uh, Rams minus 180 Bengals plus 155
0: yeah so that I mean that's 150, plus 155 that's not bad
1: yeah I mean it's not a bad line it's just you know I don't I would be willing to
0: Bet like hundred bucks on it. <laughs> the
1: the Bengals I mean the Bengals have the momentum going into this game. Right. I think everyone especially once once the Packers lost in the playoffs to uh Jimmy Jesus and the 49ers, I think everybody was like, Okay, yeah, the Rams are the next best team yeah. to play for the Super Bowl in the NFC.
0: It just seems to me like <sighs> I don't know, man. I just feel like people keep counting the Bengals out, and they just keep doing it.
1: They, they've there's a lot of games they found a way to win this year somehow.
0: Joe Burrow doesn't. That guy doesn't. Don't mess. He doesn't he, mess he around. Definitely.
1: Right. Well, he's definitely. I mean, this is one of the best, if not the best, um comeback from a serious injury that I've ever seen. The only oh, yeah. other ones that he's I've come seen back is he, Andrew he, Luck.
0: He's comeback player of the year. Yeah. No, no, no doubt. Lamar or Jam- Lamar Jamar Chase is rookie of the year.
1: I think he officially won that yep, uh, this weekend, didn't he? He did,
0: yep. So it's um, – I just think the Bengals are a team that they can beat any team in the NFL. If they really they want to. They can lose to any team in the NFL, but they can beat any team in the NFL. And I think if you – they know. It's like we only have they – they know. They only have to win one game. I think there's like the – and this has been all, all postseason. The expectations for the Bengals are so low that the other team has all the hype on them and all the pressure on them. So it's literally like the Bengals have nothing to lose. They just need to go out there and upset and be the and be the the underdog uh, coming coming from behind and winning it like they have done just over and over and over again. And honestly, I'm nervous. Like I'm not convinced the Bengals are going to win, but I haven't been convinced that they're going to win any of these postseason games, and they I, keep doing it. And I just think it's man, I just think it's a bad idea to bet against them right I, now.
1: I think no matter what happens, it'll be a lot closer game than what we think it'll be. Oh, I, I I think like, it'll be a close game. Like, absolutely. I, I mean, based on that Kansas City game, I was watching it at Hagrain here in uh, Cincinnati, and it's just like all of us were freaking out in the bar there. <laughs> like we just like we were just so shocked right. that they won it. You came uh, running up after
0: the game. You came yeah. up to my door, knocking on the door, like "Let me in! We it's time to party! The Bengals we're going to the Super Bowl." It's yeah. just so unbelievable, and I've had some people. And again, I don't want to jinx it, but and this is not me, but because other people, I've heard other people say things like, "It just seems to be, it just seems like destiny. It just seems like this yeah. is the season. It's going to happen. It's like, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not going I down mean, that it, road. It, Any team can win. I just think, especially if I'm b- making a bet as far as the line goes, I definitely want to take the
1: Bengals. Oh yeah, I take I the Bengals because they were what seven and a half. It was mine and a half, yeah. minus seven and a half yep. line against Kansas City. Yep. Um and they somehow squeaked out (laughs) a field goal there. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think they, bar none, they have the momentum to win it. I don't know that they will playing against the Rams, but, you know, they have the momentum to do it. I, you know, I want them to win. I really think they will win. But it really comes down to, will the... I think honestly, will the Bengals defense be good enough to stop the Rams offense?
0: Yeah, you got to cover Cooper. Well, like, if you, sh- I think if they shut down Cooper Cup and they can just make they if they can, if they can shut down Cooper Cup and Joe Burrow gets sacked like less than five times, I think the Bengals. will. Well,
1: it, if the Bengals offense plays the same way they did against the uh, Kansas City defense, yeah. Well, against the Rams defense the same way they played against Kansas City defense, and allow. I don't think they're allowed to sack against the uh, Kansas City defense. I think there's one. Okay, maybe one. I think there's one. Maybe one or two. But if they play that same way, it's going to come down to how good can the Bengals defense beat the Rams offense. I think that's what it's going to be. Yeah. Because clearly, as you saw in the second half of the—
0: Man, they stepped up.
1: Yeah, in the second half of the Chiefs-Bengals game, the offense clearly produced. The defense really stepped up. Yeah. To force that, even to just force that overtime. Yeah, when they got the, um,
0: when they, there were a couple big moments. When they got that stop at the end of the first half, that was so huge yeah. for the defense and for the momentum of that game. And then when they got that turnover by Bates to, 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 to let them, you know, get it into yeah. overtime, man.
1: And you can argue all you want about the ref ball with um, Mixon, like, supposedly not going, or being down but not being touched. But still, you know, ref right. ball aside, they won no matter what. Who cares?
0: Right, and that is a. I mean, that is a team with some swag, some swagger. They're ready to. They're ready to mess people up. Burrows walking in with fur coats and those and those glasses. Barstool Sports is selling Joey Burr uh, you know, t-shirts. I think Get his I, I cigars from the right spot. I think the whole country. I think the whole well, the vast 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 majority of the country. They want to see. What do they want to see, Andy? They want to see Joe Burrow at the end of this game. Lighten up a cigar, body party source. Well, yeah. And we all know it. We all know yeah. that's what people want to see.
1: Yeah. And he, part part of I know we texted this. You know, I definitely want to see that. But the the one other X factor going against the Bengals is this is a de facto home game meh, for the Rams. Meh, you can argue meh. all you want about how, oh, they're a transplant from St. Louis. These super they were originally from L.A. But, you can but argue that a, all you want. This L- is a de facto LA's home
0: game. L.A. is not If it's a de facto home game, then why did San Francisco have 65% of the attendance last week? The LA fans are not loyal. The LA fans are not loyal. Because
1: fuck you, Spanos.
0: The LA fans are not (laughs) loyal. Fuck you, Crocky. Most LA people, they are people who move... From somewhere else to Los Angeles, and they brought their team loyalty with them. Not to mention the Super Bowl, which is really this really sucks. Did you see Chad Ochocinco posted something on social media? And he took a picture. He took a screenshot of like I don't know if it was Seat Geeks or Vivid Seats or StubHub, whatever the fuck. They took a screenshot of the Super Bowl ticket prices, and it was like oh, it's expensive. five grand, it seven grand, ten grand, thirty I grand, forty grand. And he go and he comments. He goes. How are the diehard fans of these teams supposed to buy these tickets? Well, the answer is they don't. The Super Bowl is a very, very corporate event. The Super Bowl is celebrities and it's rich people. Now, a game at Kansas City—that is, that is we can fans. Afford. Those are fans. Those are the, 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 those the Super Bowl. Exactly. They're getting loud. The Super Bowl is very corporate, and I don't think you're going to have that like hostile, uh, like road environment. game environment that you're yeah. that you're mentioning. I think in fact because it's a it's more of like a it's just like an event, like it's a cultural thing to go to, like yeah. you go to the Met Gala or you go to the Oscars, I think it's it's something more like that. So I think actually I mean, people would be more excited about the Bengals because it's that's like a more of an exciting storyline yeah. for I people mean, to thinking get Like
1: because it's in LA, how many of those normal road regular season fans an access tickets. to a hawker? They can't afford you know, a ticket hawker. They can't or something pay like the, that. they
0: can't pay the prices though. Those hardcore fans that make that stadium loud throughout the season, they can't pay the prices of the tickets. Yeah. I Sarah Sarah and I are doing pretty well for ourselves. We're not paying to go out to the Super Bowl. Even though I've always said You're that also planning
1: for other shit, but like right, it's, but, it's still expensive like, as fuck. Honestly, if we weren't getting married this year, we I probably mean, would like, have pulled like, the trigger on like, it. Like, but some like, of those savings accounts like some of those ticket prices are like half my savings. Right. It's ridiculous. So How I, the so, fuck so, are you supposed to sit here and do that?
0: You, you, you don't. You don't do it. It's, it's not a financially smart decision. So that's why I don't think it's going to be like this very like hostile, loud environment. I think the Bengals, if they can like stay, if they can stay focused the week leading up to the game, and not let all the uh, you know the the rigmarole and the the glamour of the of the Super Bowl week, if they can not not let that all get to them, and they can stay focused on what it's all about.
1: Well, Joe I, Burrow's I think, already planning that. Yes, he's I, already I, saying. Well, it's just another game. Is, like, why is, shouldn't we prep for that? Is he just saying a, that? I I saw on Twitter or Instagram like the other day he was saying like, it's just it's just another freaking day. Like, it's right. just another game. Like.
0: And that's why it's the Super Bowl Who and that's cares? why I it's have a lot game. of confidence is because of Joe Burrow and because of that attitude and mentality. Also, it's very striking to me that Joe Burrow, his first full year in the league, makes it to the Super Bowl and it's the exact same year that Tom Brady retires. Go because ahead. to me, I really do view Joe Burrow as a Tom Brady replacement.
1: He he's definitely got the caliber of intelligence. I don't know athleticism, but you know, if it's uh athleticism is comparable but
0: i think joe burrow is more mobile than brady
1: yeah i oh i do too but you know intelligence wise i think they're both very comparable exactly uh you got anything else you
0: want to add andy you want anything I, else you want to throw out there uh other than who day who, nothing else who day all right folks thank you so much andy it was a pleasure as always and uh, we'll do this again soon